0: Everybody. welcome back to another episode of Simply Soccer. I'm Michelle, your host, and back with me is Christian Conway, as always.
1: Good evening to all of you wonderful Galaxy fans out there. Um,
0: um, and low-key U.S. men fans.
1: Ha. Are there still any left?
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, what we're going to start with, so hang in there, Galaxy fans. Um, we do have to address it. I mean, we are Simply Soccer, but also... With the state of things. Um, I was working so I, I didn't get to see it. And you tell me that it, I'm lucky that I didn't. And I know and I knew that that win against Cuba was because it was Cuba. And now where I'm at based on losing to Canada, which I think, I think Jamie had thought we were going to lose to them anyway. But I'm going to go ahead and just be team fuck Jordan Morris. And fuck the whole U.S. men's team except for Pulisic, and because he deserves better.
1: And uh, Berhalter out. I mean, so this is the first time that the United States has lost to Canada in a competitive match in 34 years. Like this is, mm. and 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 quickly, let's let's give credit to Canada because Canada has done something in the past 10 years that I find very impressive in the fact that they've raised their international status in a a way that I mean they're knocking on the door of being in the hex now and and I don't think we lived in a world uh, prior to maybe two years ago where we kind of sat there and thought that you know Canada would ever do that this is this is not a bad Canada team and then I think a lot of people who are saying oh we lost to Canada out of all teams it's like well (laughs) I I think I think it downplays exactly what What Canada is but for me that's fair I think the frustration is more with the US and the lifeless limp completely dejected horribly disjointed completely out of control just uh, US teams used to stand for heart right like I mean I think if you you look at the US teams that we all fell in love with I mean they were uh, they took on teams that were greater than them and just Did it with just raw ambition and raw force and raw just like we will run you into the ground if it's so if if it is so required of us like we will run you know two times as much as you do we will fight harder than you ever could imagine Mm -hmm. and and we're we're
0: talking circus 2002 right
1: (laughs) yeah well the 2002 team the 2002 team was a little bit interesting because they did have a lot of very you know excitingly talented players especially in claudio reyna and um and co. But um, I think, look, you bring in Bearhalter, and I understand. I okay, I understand kind of the meta conversation of why you bring in Bearhalter. You want to establish a system, and with national teams, it's always that you have to establish a system of and a style of play, so that when you have to react to changing, you know, pool availability due to injuries, due to you know international windows, whatever. That basically everyone walks in and knows their role. I don't think you can look at any single player performance on that field against Canada and say, yes, this player knew the exact role that they were supposed to do and executed it perfect, like it- to perfection. And I mean, it's, it's things where I'm starting to sit there and I'm like, well, what is Bearhalter's tactical idea? Because it's, it's changed in ways that I, I keep sitting there. And I'm like, well, are we doing, are we over like, are we a high pressing, you know, 4-3-3 team, yeah. or are we a low block defensive, you know, Sit defensively and hit on the counterattack, and 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 it would be it would be fine if if Berhalter came out and basically said like, oh well, I'm just not getting the tactics across. It's, not the, it's more the fact that I don't think he knows tactically what exactly he wants to do, and that's a serious issue.
0: But it has been a serious issue, and that that's what's been bugging me It's like, okay, obviously. When you have his artists in the in the lineup still, like everybody can argue all, all they want about that, you know. But I always felt like why, why is didn't Zardis know
1: getting subbed in this game? Why is Jossie's where? Does right. Jossie's artists belong?
0: Right.
1: Like, it's, no, it's things where I'm, I'm saying there's like there's 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 no way in my mind that this <laughs> works. Like, uh, you cannot tell me that this bench of like I mean Matt Miazga for example doesn't even see the fucking field. In, in in two games when he's playing incredibly well in Europe. I mean, Jackson Ueli is, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately for his you know sake, he plays for San Jose, but he's, he's had a phenomenal season and he doesn't even see the field in this game. Like, Jossie Zardes has what I would say one of, uh, I mean, he had a decent season in, in Columbus. He didn't have a great season, but you know, but we all knew Jossie Zardes wasn't exactly a great forward. But you, you're telling me that out of the U.S. talent pool, not just at the senior level, but at the U23 level, at the U21 level, at the U19 level, U18 level, wherever you want to go down, that there's not a better forward in this pool than Jossie's Artist, because I disagree strongly.
0: Well, I just was it. wondering what was happening, because I thought that we were going for young blood, So we go with McKinney. And, you know, like, I'm I'm really, it's like, everything felt like an experiment all the time.
1: But it's felt like an experiment for two years. That's, right. That's, that's, that's and, the and, thing and, about that that's what was that scary. I, I right. can't give. Right, and it's totally every scary. single game has felt like an experiment with the bear yeah. era he's never really played the same 11 in most in, in back-to-back games he complains about cohesiveness and chemistry well guess what you don't play the same 11 these guys don't have time right. to get reps together yeah. to the point where they can cohesively like understand what each other's roles are and what they're doing and and so i think he's like he overcorrects by basically saying oh well i think this person's gonna do that i think this person's gonna do that it's like you need like we have a very talented player pool right now. And especially and, and the under-23s were yes. playing during this game. And, and I think if anyone should have been watching this game, they should have immediately tuned to the under-23s. And the rightful head coach of the U.S. Men's National Team was coaching them, Tab Ramos, And Tab Ramos was killing it. Like, I mean, they all knew what they were doing. They were playing fantastically. You know, they were playing fun soccer to watch. Um, and I'm just sitting there being like, so we need to... Get these younger players in we need to start integrating them into the full national team and then all of a sudden pretty much all the talent that really could have changed this game is now playing with the U 23s in a meeting friendly in florida like yeah. what what is what is your plan like and, and i think it's a fair question to ask right now because i mean the gold cup was
0: that's exactly like, what i was thinking gold somehow cup.
1: somehow they got to the final but i mean if you think about that gold cup it wasn't pretty at any kind of minute Not, i mean you no know. The tactics changed every game. The starting eleven changed every game. If you're going to walk into a major tournament, and your plan is to change your starting eleven every single game, in Yeah, that
0: makes zero sense in in any capacity.
1: In this in awesome, any lineup. Well, in this ostentatious sense to like play the game to the team that you're playing and to adjust the tactics by changing certain personnel players. It's it. So then you you keep trying out different 11s with people who are unfamiliar with one another, and mm. I. Mean, we're two years into this Bear Halter thing, and I, I keep sitting here thinking, aren't we any better off than we were that after that night in Trinidad? And I I can't point to something right now in the U.S. Men's National Team program where I sit there and I'm like, yeah, I think we're doing this better.
0: Not at all. I didn't think that we were doing better. I mean, like you said, it's already been two years. And, you know, before the Gold Cup, like you said, it was a messy, messy run. You, you know, there's no consistency. And how could there be? How could you – you can't even blame – the players to an extent when they can't gel together, when they don't have that time, you know, and you don't know who you're going to see on the pitch. Um, I mean, you know, as a Galaxy fan you, and you see LeJet go out there, like, yes, he makes a spark for the club, uh for the, excuse me, for the national team, but you just want him to be back at the club, to be honest.
1: Well, I mean, the other thing about it that's so frustrating is that, I mean, Canada outworked the United States in this game. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't think I, I... I, that the calling card of what made the United States national teams great was just the work rate, and this. I think in the ninetieth minute, I I texted a friend and I said, "There's it just doesn't look like they care,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't know if it's necessarily that they don't care. I think they're just confused. They have no idea what's going on tactically. There's really no kind of clear identity of. There's no clear identity right now with the US men's national team in a way that I I struggle to point to another time. In in I mean. I mean, there was times in the Klinsman era where, where there wasn't a clear identity, but they somehow got through it because Klinsman kind of retained that quote-unquote nastiness or whatever. But, I mean, there was times in, in this Canada game where I was like, why are they not moving the ball? Like, why Why is, like, you know, it would be, it would be like, it would be a simple midfield moment and, like, you know, the, the U.S. would have an overload on, like, a side and Weston McKinney would just be sitting on the ball and strolling through the midfield and you would just be sitting there being like, find the open pass, like, let's go, like, come on, like, mm-hmm. where, where is this, this, this inherent American national team sense of just, we Emergency? will work with the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's gone. It's, it's completely gone. And, and, and for me, the, the, I think the, the most. What
0: is that coaching though?
1: Well, I think the most infuriating anything that came out of the press conference after the game with Bear Halter was where Bear Halter what said. That quote? <laughs> well, well, the quote that I, I more, I, I kind of came on, on was, uh, where he said, like, um. He was talking about, like, desire and being like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, well, you know, they they overmapped. Like, they had more desire than we did and, like, all this other stuff about desire. And I was like, that's your job. You're the head coach of this yeah. team. If if your players do not show the desire that you think they need to show, that's yeah. not on them. That's on you
0: mm-hmm. because you're
1: not giving them the energy, the the kind of the the huts, but to go out there and do that, mm-hmm. you're not motivating them enough to the point where they feel that they can go out there and actually like outwork, out motivate a team. They literally like. I mean, there was times where like just this team didn't know what tactically it was doing, like it, and and it's like. So then, what
0: did you see against Cuba? Just that it was Cuba.
1: They played Cuba, oh. and, and, and I mean, they played a team in Cuba that had 15 players defect this year between the Gold Cup and this trip to the United States. Mm-hmm. And and the Cuban national te- the Cuban national team head coach basically said like. I'm going to do the best I can with what I got, but I don't got a lot.
0: But it was just so interesting to me to see, like, you know, our Twitter feed is usually full of negative U.S. men's banter <laughs> and criticism and, you know, understandably so. But it was weird after that Cuba match, like, everybody seemed sort of, in a way, like they got a touch of optimism back. I think, uh,
1: I think they did mm-hmm. it in a certain style that was a bit deceptive, I would okay. say. And I think also the program had been calling out for just a a, a decisive, just completely tonk, someone kind of win, you know?
0: Yeah. And it, mean, it
1: desperately needed it. And I think I think U.S. fans are are we're we're starting to hold on to these kind of moments where it's like, okay,
0: like
1: holder's got an idea, like we we can build on this, like everything. Well, we'll this is the beginning of something, and it's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, what? Uh, this is the first time in a calendar year that. The United States has lost four times to CONCACAF opposition. The last time that happened was in 1973. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and the problem is that it's, I, I, I left this Canada match and I think normally I'd be really mad, but I think the worst emotion that I think a lot of U.S. men's national team fans felt was resignation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: that this is the world we live in now. And so I think, like, it's, everyone's kind of saying, like, well, we need to get mad, we need to get mad. It's like, well, we've been mad for two years. and Yeah. No one, and nothing changed. I mean, they, they hired Sunil Galati's right-hand man as president. I mean, like, Ernie Stewart, who hired Greg Berhalter, is going to answer to Jay Berhalter, his brother. Like, Yeah there is, it's, it's I hard know to be positive because like, you look at these things and you're like.
0: No, my time, my time of being positive is, is done. So now I'm thinking, okay, so what, what happens next? Because I mean, as far as we know, we ain't going anywhere.
1: No, he's not. And he's going to get, he's going to get a world cup if, if and, and the United yeah. States will make, and the United States will make the world cup. If I, 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 you really I, think so? Well, I believe so just because not through anything of the United States being good or whatever. It's just more the fact that, if you look at like Costa Rica and Panama, like a lot of those teams that would really challenge them for that three-four slot, I mean, they're it's all
0: Qatar though. Like that's that's not going to be an easy place to play in.
1: Well, no, but as like long- progress is, we're gonna. Have like progress progresses into if they get there i don't like think we're gonna have
0: like a peru situation where we don't win any games but go but the difference between us and peru is peru actually played with all the heart and they just weren't peru
1: on peru was fun to watch in 2018 yeah i mean, think they, I mean, they were one of the honestly
0: i i was rooting for them you know like yeah I mean, because we had no horse in the race so like. well, also i mean
1: like peru played really fun soccer in 2018 <laughs> yeah, like, they were a yeah. fun national team to watch i
0: mean look i, I, I that, when i went to amsterdam i saw them uh play you know schneider's last game when he was um retiring and you just see the heart and the the way that the south americans can play
1: yeah the, the thing i think about the united states is that obviously success is just generally generally based on making the world cup but here's the thing i mean and, and i and i again as we, I said but like
0: but do we even have a style of play because like you watch peru that's my question you watch, yeah exactly and, 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 and you watch amsterdam and you you know I'm amsterdam excuse me you watch the netherlands and you're just like well you know what you, you know you, you know what the teams are going to be doing when they are watching
1: i texted a friend of mine who was, a really good tactician when it comes to soccer um uh my friend justin and i texted him i was like i struggled to to see what bear halter has done differently or what bear halter's tactical idea is and i texted him. i was like is this just me not really like is, is am i missing some bigger conversation that i just am not understanding and he texted me back. He's like, "I, I, the only thing I can think of is the fact that when this team is in attack, it's that they turn the left back into another, basically another center midfielder, and kind of overload on the 3 5 2 And I was like, "Okay, so that's what every major manager in the world is doing right now." <laughs> like, if I mean, if you look at the teams in the world that are successful, they're all doing that.
0: "Quote unquote successful," or well, I mean, we're talking France.
1: Well, I'm well, saying, like, if you look at a lot of the teams, especially at club level, that are are are. Are doing very well a lot of them are playing this like kind of weird three five two three uh, one two kind of hybrid world and i think bear wants to do that in a certain respect but he's not it's like it's these thing where i'm like i can kind of well, see if I where, put the players
0: in that are going to fit that then
1: well the, well, the other thing is I, I can kind of see where i'm like okay i think i understand where you're what like what road you're trying to go down but he's not going down fully he's he's kind of like he'll do it for 15 minutes and realize it's like he will be like oh it's yeah. not working. We have to. Yeah. We have to. We have to completely change everything. Like the it's, it's like, like watching somebody with a FIFA controller. Like. Exactly. like it's these tactical. It's these tactical shifts. Like every twenty twenty. Like every twenty minutes, and it's just like, like you have to commit to something. And exactly. You either, like two
0: years, though.
1: And it's been two years. I mean, the, that's
0: crazy to me. Like the, the loss story. of the Gold Cup. I mean.
1: I mean, the goal, the Gold Cup loss wasn't necessarily that hard because I mean, this is a Mexico team that I think.
0: Um, well, but here's the thing: the Mexico team almost didn't even have anybody like show up for that. And yeah, and they
1: still and they still and they still, and they still they ran still that tournament. Like that tells you anything about the depth of the Mexican national team right now. I mean, they still ran that tournament. It
0: was Jonathan Dos Santos and, and greatest,
1: defensive in, greatest defensive midfielder in the league. Jonathan Dos <laughs> Santos. It's just for me. What's frustrating is that like I I I should feel like after two years I have an idea of what this U.S. men's national team stands for. How they play, style of play, and what they want to do, and mm-hmm. I, I struggle aggressively every single time they go out. Where I'm like, I don't get it. And I mean, if you look at like a lot of the players that he called in, and I understand there's been injury concerns. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a very, this is a very different game if Tyler Adams plays this game. Like, this is a completely different world because Tyler Adams is so good at winning all yeah. these spaces, and 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 and. and I mean, the United States lost pretty much every 50-50 duel in the midfield. I think it's a very different story if if Tyler Adams plays that, because Canada kind of went out and decided they were going to play physical in the midfield, and Michael Bradley isn't a guy that's going to go into challenges. He's much more of a contained kind of defensive midfielder, rather than like a direct challenge kind of defensive midfielder, if that makes sense. Right. Uh,
0: Sorry, just Bradley. I've just been done with him.
1: And Tyler And Tyler Adams is one of those defensive midfielders who's actually, you know, going to go it's two different styles of looking at how you play defensive midfielder and and i don't think either one is better than the other mm-hmm. hm. I um yeah. but i mean tyler tyler's yeah, no, game is a very different it's a very different world but like again i, I just sit there and i'm like one second yes. history shut up <laughs> um i just look at this lineup and i'm like are these guys mls quality or like are are these guys U.S. Men's National Team quality? I mean, Danny Lovitz, uh, Elon alum, uh, someone that I was one of my favorite players for my college's team. He's a fantastic player, but mm. is he U.S. Men's National Team quality? I don't know. Like Christian Roldan, I don't think is U.S. Men's National Team quality. Like, oh,
0: no, I, I used to defend him, and I thought he was underrated.
1: I, I think what Joshua. Sar- happened? I think Joshua Sargent's two years away from being U.S. Men's National Team quality. I think he's a little too young and and a little too green behind the ears. That's I mean, why
0: he's his goals like shoot to the moon. Is that?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think he's still a little young for the position he's being thrown in right now. But then I look at the subs and I'm like, okay, out of the three subs, which were Lima, Ariola, and Zardes, I can think of one of like Ariola the only <laughs> player where I sit there and I'm like,
0: yeah, yeah, this
1: makes sense because Ariola, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Ariola should be starting as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yes, agreed. But then and he look, does play with that heart too. You look at the
1: rest of this bench. I mean, like Corey Baird. Oh, yes. Really? Like Jackson Ewelly? Really? I mean Will Trapp? Really? Like mm-hmm. and, and and again, it's also one of these things where it's like in this game where you are lacking outside depth, you're not you're not winning the wings. You've got Tyler Boyd who's been tearing it up in Turkey for the past two years, and he doesn't see the field. It's like these are basic smart decisions that Faralther's not making. And it's it it I I just, I have so many more questions that I have answers, and it, it, it's mm-hmm. just to the point where I'm like, why bother at this point, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, two things. I, I'm mad that they wanted somebody who, just because he spoke English, but, you know, um, for one. And that's to say then Berhalter wasn't the best coach, and you're seeing it. You're seeing it. And like I said, he's just not going anywhere. This is a yeah. national
1: federation that turned down Julian Lopetegui, who had been undefeated right. as a Spanish manager, as the national team manager of Spain. It was fired on the eve of the World Cup just because he was going to take the Real Madrid job. Like,
0: this <laughs> was a team that
1: turned down that application because apparently he didn't speak good enough English. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, okay, fine. He's got the job. And so let's see him take a, some responsibility or give us some kind of direction that he can go in now, because, like, it's been two years, but instead we get this quote, I wouldn't make a statement about the program based on this game. The reason why is that these games are difficult. It was never going to be easy and come here and win the game. There was no way.
1: He's, well. The thing about that statement is, okay, correct. You're not wrong. It was not going to be easy going up to Canada, Nations League game where they basically hyped this up as one of the biggest games they've ever played in their lives. Okay, yeah, you're right. Correction. You're like, you're correct. Good job. It was never going to be easy. So then, what was your response in terms of tactics, in terms of the team that you sent out, in terms of everything that you did in those 90 minutes? Because, no, 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 no. The statement is made about this game because we all agree it was not going to be easy to go to Canada, especially considering where Canada is right now as a national team and where she right. views themselves in Right to give them the credit. To, yeah. you know, I mean, Canada views themselves as wanting to get into this conversation between the United States, Mexico, and Canada. They want to be part of this table. Yeah, I'm okay six. with that. <laughs> they deserve it. Like they have they're placing players in good positions. They have Alfonso Davies, who's one of the most exciting players, I think, one of the most exciting young players in Europe right now. Mm-hmm. You are correct, Greg Berhalter. You are wrong about I wouldn't make a statement about the program. Because yeah. <laughs> the statement you made about the program in those 90 minutes over how difficult this game was, was that you don't know how to coach in difficult games. And that, to me, like, like I, obviously he has to kind of defend himself. That's just, it's, he's a human being. That's what he's going to do. Mm. But, my, like, it's just, yes, we're, you made a statement. It was called those 90 minutes. Like, I don't know what else to, I don't know what else to tell you, man. I, I just, it's, the statement was made about the program at this point in time over those 90 minutes. And the statement that was made was that it is a lazy, arrogant, overbloated federation that has no idea what's going on, that tactically has no idea what to do on the field, that is inept, that has lost its fire, that has lost its care, and it's completely unwatchable in terms of product. So that was the statement that you made, Greg Halter, and I congratulate you for that.
0: Yes, and I live for your rant, and I know everybody listening did too. (laughs) Um, And then you see this thing about U.S. soccer is now offering a quote-unquote C course in October for a week. MLS playoff are still on, and in December for a week, you need to attend both to attend your – to obtain your C license and you need to have two years pro and the B license is being offered during season. So no active MLS players can attend. And then AG De La Garza replied with not only that, but we were told about this C course on October 11th and the course starts October 22nd.
1: They can't get out of their own way. They honestly, they honestly, they have no intention of getting out of their own way. And that's, I think that's, that to me stings the worst is that everyone is calling them out on their shit. Like everyone is calling them out on the things that they are doing. The blatant, like, Heavy-handed. I'm sorry for cussing lot on this spot, but the blatant heavy-handed bullshit that they keep offering. No, I mean, I'll make this explicit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's 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 blatant, and the thing about it is they keep getting called on it, and they just don't have they they don't care. They mm. have no. They don't. It's it's. But they're so not going to make
0: any money. That, okay, go ahead.
1: <laughs> what's so frustrating about it is is they blatantly know what they are doing. They get called on it every single time, and they don't care. And the thing is, if you had a federation that cared right now. Do we think we're in this position right now? Like, no, of course Do we not. honestly truly believe that we think we're in this position right now? Because I don't.
0: No,
1: and it's, not at all. Not at all. It's just so to me that every single time, like, every single time they get bad PR or something bad happens, they just decide that, you know what, let's just dig a little deeper. Like, let's just keep going. It's, it's I, I don't know where to begin because it's like, I mean, the only answer I can reasonably come up with in terms of how to fix you with soccer is fire everyone. Like, literally, do not yeah. stop. yes. Like, Whoever is working in U.S. Soccer House in Chicago, fire the hell out of them. Like, I mean, literally everyone.
0: No, I completely agree. And, and at the same time, so, you know, that's, that's what I was saying. Like, they're, they're, they're so worried about paying the U.S. women equal pay, which is another issue in terms of. But, you know, when you do have the U.S. women doing so well and that's an untapped market. And like I said, how can women's soccer be taken seriously when they don't even take the men's soccer seriously?
1: I mean, it's it's the statement of the federation when they have five active lawsuits currently against them right now. Yeah. Between, They're so
0: concerned about their money and for what?
1: Between between the women's national team, between the NASL, between the Cosmos, between Rocco Camiso. I mean, they have five active lawsuits in American courts against U.S. soccer right now. That's all you need to know.
0: I know. And, yeah. and, and then it's already expensive when you're a kid and you want to play. It's pay to play. You know, I mean, so, in
1: the in the off season, if you would like a two and a half hour rant about pay to play, I will be more than happy to offer it.
0: I know. Well, yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned for off season content, guys.
1: We've got lots of things.
0: Um, but, you know, we're playing we're playing the world's game the US way and it's not working.
1: I mean, they should. This is things that they should have learned years mm-hmm. ago. I mean, what 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 strikes me and I think what frustrates me is that. 2002 should have been a learning point, right? Like two thousand two mm-hmm. should have been.
0: I mean, that was a phenomenal team. I mean, yeah, that's to, what to, I
1: live to, for. 2002 should have been the point where we're like, this is what we are capable of. Let us do one better. Mm-hmm. And I mean, 2006 was kind of weird because there was a lot of drama. Yeah, that was, know. yeah. But, uh, there was a lot of drama in camp between players. And that was not necessarily the fault of the U.S. soccer system as a whole. But, um, I mean, now it's like, where have we gone from there? Like what? What have we? What have we learned? What have we done?
0: 2010, I think maybe was the other one when Lionel mean, Donovan scored for that winning goal against Algeria. Like
1: just to get us out of the group stage against in a group that was. I know, right? As the British proclaimed incredibly easy, or as the uh, well, I can't remember the um, can't remember the uh, the 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 print media, but they on the cover it said easy, which was England, Algeria, Slovakia, or Slovenia, and uh, the Yanks.
0: Well, and and oh and it wasn't easy. And for of course, then
1: player then, player
0: then, then that. in that yeah, then in that next group stage, I mean, forget but, it. We were we were it was awful. I remember like Howard trying to score; he was so desperate. Um, yeah, I, you know, then 2014. Of course, Wando missing right in front of the net from Belgium. Like, no, I don't think that
1: we've. Then, I, I, I just
0: like watched like this downward
1: spiral. I guess to to button the conversation and and, and the question I ask everyone is. Do you feel more positive about the U.S. Soccer Federation now than you did that night in Trinidad and Tobago two years ago? Oof. And I think the answer for most people that I've run into is no.
0: No.
1: And that's just generally unacceptable.
0: That's why it's disheartening because you know World Cup qualifiers are are right around the corner.
1: And th- and they'll get through them because if you look at the the relative strength of the region, it's it's fallen off over the past few years. Um, Costa Rica is kind of going through a weird age gap kind of thing. Mm. Panama as Panama really isn't the team that it used to be. I don't so just think
0: beating more Cuban teams basically is what you're saying.
1: Uh, it's not going to be that straightforward, but <laughs> okay. I mean the United States. Well, no, it
0: won't be like 7-0. <laughs>
1: no, not at all. But well, no, the United States just has to go out and conquer cap and win one or two road games, which they can definitely do. Mm. Um, but it's more that when we get to the tournament, what is the team that we're going to get, and I'm I'm terrified to see that result. Same. It's going to be hard anyway, to watch. Shall we try to inject some positivity in this podcast?
0: By going to Minnesota, <laughs> I, which I will you tell, will be.
1: I will tell you one thing I'm not positive about when it comes to Minnesota is it's going to be cold as hell. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, You know what? It's not going to be as cold as it could be because it doesn't look like there's snow in the forecast.
1: There's not snow. It's supposed to rain.
0: <laughs> um, which rain actually might be worse in a lot of ways because you'll, I hope you got a poncho ready.
1: Well, uh luckily the stands are covered, but it's windy, so I'm a little bit worried about it blowing sideways. But I, see. It, I mean the stand looks stand looks absolutely gorgeous, so I'm actually kind of excited to uh
0: you know, that's the only thing it is on my of course i my my bucket list is to go to all the stadiums. You know, yeah. But um but yeah, that's the only thing. But um yeah, I'm staying I'm staying home. Now we're going to the not home home, but I mean here in LA. <laughs> and um uh gonna be watching at the diggity.
1: That should be. I want to do one of those watch parties. It's like it's a. I of was
0: there. I was there uh, for the last El Tráfico, and it was it was good. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. I I just do wish. I mean, for a playoff game, I mean, this is bigger. than I mean, we haven't been to a playoff game in two seasons. You know, so yeah. I, I hope that the speakers are gonna be good. <laughs> it's
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. I think, and it's, it really is. It's I one can't. of those. games
0: hmm A winnable I, game is what I want to say. I do have faith in my team in LA Galaxy. I really do.
1: Um, well, okay, so... I mean, the Galaxy have played... are undefeated in their past six against Minnesota in all competitions. So, like, that is a confidence booster in and of itself. But I think this, this Minnesota United team that we're going to get is very different than the team that we won 4-3 against early in the season at home. It's a very... They kind of realized and figured out that... um Playing aggressively defensive is not necessarily, or uh, playing aggressively attacking is not necessarily the smartest uh, strategy for the players they've got. I mean, they've got two incredibly talented defensive midfielders in Ozzy Alonso and Jan Gregush. They've got Ike Oparo, who just won Defender of the Year in MLS. I mean, they've got, defensively, the spine is solid. And I I think what's going to be very, I mean, I've kind of highlighted two battles in this game that I think are really going to define and determine exactly what happens in this game. Which is going to be the battle between uh, Jonah Dos Santos and Ozzy Alonso for which defensive midfielder kind of controls the pace of play in the midfield? Um, and the other battle that I've kind of highlighted that I think is going to be actually maybe one of the best battles in MLS this year is Ibrahimovic versus Eko Para because I have a feeling with the way that Minnesota United plays and with the way that they concede space on the wings, I think what their plan is going to be is to kind of force the Galaxy out wide and. Do what we normally do, which is cross a Palooza to Ibrahimovic.
0: Yeah, and I was gonna say, and then
1: and then just defend. Well, and then and then throw a center back on Ibrahimovic and just make his make his day horribly miserable at every single opportunity they can get.
0: I mean, I really do think it could be a an, a four three, but
1: Galaxy will pull off the win, but so, barely. Yeah. I feel I don't know if this is gonna be a four three because Minnesota doesn't score goals. <laughs> like uh, they like if you look at if you look yeah, at yeah, but we,
0: but we can't defend, and we're.
1: But insane.
0: still <laughs> <laughs> well, the back line is the same. Excuse me. The other me
1: thing I'll <laughs> Minnesota doesn't score goals. Like, I mean
0: knock on wood, bro. On final,
1: <laughs> well, no, I mean through the final ten games of the season they score ten goals. That's a goal game. That's not really great. Numbers. Listen, I, think, I didn't like,
0: think the, I didn't think the goal score line was gonna be that high in Houston, okay? But that's why I'm saying it now because I'm just like, This is wild. Like but
1: Houston had better attackers. <laughs> like, I mean also that well, Houston, so well and
0: cool. talk about an extreme weather change.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're going from heatstroke to frostbite over two weeks. But I mean, look like, at like, I mean, they've only scored two in their final. They only scored two in their final four games. Their designated player attackers, Quintero and Rodriguez, will probably start this game on the bench. I mean, the the kind of excitement of Mason Toy, who was like really good for two months, has really completely fallen off. And I think if you look at this team, I'm like, well, in a moment where Minnesota has to have a game winner or has to have a match winner. I look at this lineup and I'm like, I don't know where that's gonna come from. Like, I I mean, Kevin Molino's a good player. He's, he's, he, for some reason, Adrian Heath has a weird obsession with him, especially his time in Orlando. But like, I look at this lineup and I'm like, considering what I've seen in terms of the attacking kind of side of things, I can't point to a certain player on Minnesota where I'm like, yes, this person's going to hurt us. And I think more it's going to be a question of, I think it's going to be more Minnesota trying to grind down the Galaxy, win fouls in opportune positions, and try to nick a set piece goal or two off a defense that really doesn't know what it's doing. And so, I mean, I think, and I think that's going to be kind of where this game is won and lost necessarily is between the battles that I highlighted earlier, and then also the fact that I, I, I think Minnesota is going to more use their size and advantage on set pieces in order to win this game rather than necessarily individual skill. So Um, we just
0: need to defend that back post.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the other thing about it is it's like uh, for galaxy fans in terms of positivity, it's like sometimes you just have the team with the better players and you win. And I think position for position, I think there's maybe one or two players that I take from Minnesota over this galaxy team right now.
0: Alonzo is one of them.
1: Uh, over Jonathan dos Santos, nope. no, no, no uh, it's not. <laughs> not.
0: but I mean, no, but I mean to take him on
1: in the mid. Well, I mean, uh, like, in terms of like if I had to form a, a, a combined starting 11, there's I, I take
0: no, you do have to. That was what take... somebody asked for on
1: Twitter <laughs> Wait, a combined starting 11 between us and Minnesota. Um. Or, or my starting 11 tomorrow, oh, or your uh, starting Sunday. 11
0: tomorrow, Sunday, Sunday, sorry, uh, Sunday, Sunday,
1: Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Use for a ten well, sale.
0: Yeah, in our in our heads, it's already midnight, but it's still Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Friday at on It's it's, yeah.
1: it's 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 simply soccer late night. Um, it is. I guess if including I had including
0: the bench, do you got that? Uh, that was
1: from Brian no, of Nag no, News. No, just I. I mean, I'll, I can. Still in some bench, just there's also injury concerns that we don't know enough about that I could actually accurately really Word. feel like good enough about it. But we
0: are, yeah, so just you guys so you know, um injury list questionable is Alessandrini and Corona, but you were saying earlier
1: GPS said Alessandrini will play a part in this match, they're not sure how much he will play. Mm. Um my i say last ten minutes. My assumption would be if they're down a goal in like the if the, if the
0: G's are down?
1: Yeah, if the G's are down, then I, I don't think. I so don't if think,
0: we're up, you don't think we'll see him at all. We'll get Carrasco.
1: No, because what I think it will be is we'll probably be up 1 0, tight lead. You want to get a defensive midfielder in there just to kind of clog things up, mm. force Minnesota wide because their wingbacks aren't that talented in terms of getting up into the attack, which would really hurt them if they had to play or if they have to get them up there. And then you win on the counterattack because Pavon hits the space that meant leaves. Um, so I, maybe something like a Carrasco or something like that for, uh, Alvarez. But, um, mm-hmm. my starting 11, David Bingham and goal, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. left to right in the defense, Dave Romney, Daniel Stares, Diego Polenta, Rolf Felcher, Jonathan Dos Santos as your defensive midfielder, Sebastian Leggett and Fabio Alvarez, which I'm not the biggest fan of because I think mm-hmm. they do the exact same thing on the field, but I think you can convince Leggett tactically to be a little bit more conservative, a little bit more in that Corona role, the kind of Mm. the link the link between the defense and the attack i think what has got that in his skill set i just don't think i don't think in houston he was ready to have that in his skill set like from the start you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i think telling him to completely Mm -hmm. readapt 30 minutes into the game was a little bit difficult for him to kind of wrap around um and then fabio alvarez who i think is um still really good even though you all want to bury him um (laughs) and then uh obviously the top three i think the 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 front three selects itself pavon ibrahimovic and antuna um Oh, okay. it wouldn't surprise it, the I think we see I, at some point I think we see Carrasco in this game just especially if the Galaxy are, are defending a lead I think Alessandrini Drini we see him only in an emergency situation um I don't understand why you bring on Alessandrini Drini, who uh like I mean I, look thinking about Alessandrini's Drini's skill set in a tight one no game where you have to win it I don't know if Alisson journey is the right move off the bench when there's other options. Like I'd much rather see like an Araujo or someone like that um, off the bench if if it's if in that case you know because Araujo can Araujo can fill in for Antuna and basically act as like a and then you can slide filter a little bit more centrally and then you can basically play with a what would look like a five three two at that point. Um, so I think that's more kind of what you'd see. But that's kind of the beauty of having allison journey come back, right? Like if we're yes. down goal, if we're down a goal. I mean, you take off like what Alvarez for Alessandrini? Awesome
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me.
0: That does sound good. That,
1: <laughs> that that front four has no interest in defending, but that front four has a lot of interest in scoring goals. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, and you know, you got Player of the Year, you got Defender of the Year, Polenta, <laughs> you Player of the Year, of course. LA
1: Galaxy that. Defender of the Year, <laughs> right? Of which, course, which 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 is a bit like. Winning like a a trophy, and your award is like a dead flower. Like, oh
0: god, I was thinking a cactus, but okay. Sad,
1: sad tra- <laughs> trombone. Sad trombone plays in the background, kind of thing.
0: Dead flower emoji. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh man, um,
1: I think it's going to be interesting. I, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: I don't think this is going to be a game. I, a lot of people, and, and uh, Matt Doyle kind of said he was like. With the LA Galaxy, I look at this team and I'm like, you could tell me they're going to win every playoff game they play 4-0, or they're going to lose the first in the first round 4-0. Yeah. And normally I would agree with him, but I think the fact that they match up against Minnesota, which actually tends to be a pretty decent, like, I mean.
0: Yeah, uh, our last matchup was April 24th, and, and then also our road record is not that much different
1: than theirs. Yeah, and, and the galaxy and the galaxy match up well oddly with Minnesota, but I think this is in terms of like that whole entire concept of the galaxy they're going to win every game four 0 or lose every game four 0 I don't think this is this type of game. I think like I if, if, if the not galaxy not if, if the galaxy get through this game, then it's going to be that will that four 0 win or lose kind of thing will more probably work with LAFC and then whoever else falls after that. So
0: right, and LAFC can't beat us. So to be honest with you, I'm not I'm not worried.
1: There are. I mean I'm really not. I'm I'm not getting ahead of myself, but I there are Right. regardless of who goes though, regardless of who goes and plays LAFC. LAFC's got some 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 serious concerns that I
0: Absolutely. I I, I to be honest, would not be surprised if
1: they lose. I the
0: Philly that they're facing?
1: Uh they will no uh LAFC will play the winner of this game.
0: Oh. I thought I thought that they Okay. No,
1: no, cuz everything stays by <laughs> No, I, I think I was. Uh,
0: yeah, why did I think it was Philly? It's
1: it's late. Um, yeah, sorry guys. I think I think regardless of who they play, they're they're not going to want to play the whoever wins this game because, I mean, if Walker Zimmerman doesn't come back, then that defense is really concerning. And if Adama Traore doesn't or a uh, Adamat Diamande, got my ah uh, Adamas wrong, um, I was listening to some Premier League stuff earlier today. Uh, <laughs> then they have to play Vela out a position, and Vela. You'll notice Villa's goal scoring kind of slowed yeah, down. No. They started playing him position. So there, there's yeah. there's there is some concern over uh, on the other side of the line. But I, I think for the Galaxy, this is going to be one of those tight kind of. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, the, it's the playoffs, so it's it's going to be. A, it's it's going to be. It's going to be a KG tight affair, and I. I
0: now, think Minnesota. Very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Minnesota couldn't beat Seattle Sounders, and we we at home drew them. You know, and it was—it it felt like that felt like a playoff game to me, and so.
1: Yeah, but with that Sounders match, with the player getting sent off in the eighty, like in the. You know, the first
0: <laughs> that five wild, uh,
1: wild thing. The, the Schelvig <laughs> own goal—like, can we really talk about that match as a data point? Because I don't <laughs> think we can.
0: I'm just saying, with all the wild stuff that happened, and the Minnesota game, it it should go. It should be a straightforward playoff match, and I think it's it's going to be like you said, not just interesting. I I really do think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I really do know that the Galaxy show up, especially Zlatan shows up for games that matter, and this is a do or die. This is this
1: um, is this is this is why you bring Zlatan Ibrahimovic to MLS. Exactly. This this game is why you bring Zlatan Ibrahimovic to MLS. I think there's there's no question. Um, I'm interested to hear your prediction for score.
0: Yeah, I'm still sticking with my four three prediction. Um, even though Minnesota can't score goals. Um, I've just seen the Galaxy not defend well enough. And whether it's set pieces, like you said, or whether it's just, you know, us just not marking a guy or straight up Felcher standing there and ball watching. Um, that's so what I, I think. It's, so just, well. it's just those damn giveaways that we, that we do. Um, I, I know that we can move the ball forward. Um, if we stay on them... And I have to say, I mean, not just score early, but keep scoring on them. <laughs> like before the halftime, I want to be up three goals. What um, do I think
1: the G's, the G's have the the talent to do. I think there's
0: absolutely, question. absolutely. But I don't, I don't like how close to comfort. I mean, it's almost like when the when the Galaxy score first, you have this unsettling feeling of why when we're scored on. I mean, not when we score first, that we 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 lose it you know you just watch it slip through your finger so um i i i would just have to say i mean if if we are going to be scoring early on then it better it better be hammered in it better be like i said a four we better have four goals regardless of what the other side looks like
1: i'm going um, to go completely the opposite direction okay go for it i'm going to say it's going to be a one-one draw a galaxy one on penalties
0: oh oh my god penalties make me want to throw up i <laughs>
1: I've seen them in person. and It is not an enjoyable experience. Um,
0: I think that that's how the Galaxy are going to end up... Now, not to get ahead of myself, but that's how they are going to end up later on down the line of, the, of these playoff runs. Um, I, I really think that we'll end up with with PKs, but I feel like this one is... I just think Minnesota
1: okay. is so compact defensively and so good defensively that I think the, the Galaxy are going to struggle to to break a lot of those lines. And I think... I mean they're gonna sit Gasper, Metonair, their wing backs a little bit lower, which is going to really affect the space that Antuna and um uh Pavon have to work with, and I think that's gonna hurt them. Ibrahimovic is probably gonna get man marked by uh Opara, and that's that's going to be an interesting matchup. Um I think Opara is about the only center back in MLS that can match him for skill physicality-wise. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be tight. I think I, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring affair, but I think this is one of those games where if it goes to penalties, who's got the better talent? I, I know, I'd we the do. I say uh, the
0: Absolutely. And, and Bingham's Mr. Save, Big Save Bingham. Exactly. So. <laughs> um, so, it's, another,
1: it's another term for him, but we're, well, we're a family-friendly podcast here.
0: Are <laughs> we? We just dropped the F-bombs. Um, no, but I – well, we try to be. Um, no, but what I was going to say, too, is I do think Pavon will score. Um, Zlatan, I think he'll have a brace. I think Antuna could actually
1: get a goal. That's, that's who I've got. Um, I'll take Ibrahimovic because are the games that he lives for. Um, and then I'll take, I think I'll take Quintero from Minnesota. Mm. Uh, I think we'll score for Minnesota. That's just the way he works. scores like a, scores a worldly from 30 yards out, of course. <laughs> just Galaxy I, Things. Uh,
0: just
1: just Galaxy Things.
0: Okay, they're gonna get Zlatan for sure. <laughs> like I, Minnesota. That's what oh, that everybody's oh, yeah paid to see (laughs) i am i am fomo for the people who have gone thank you traveling and fans don't
1: don't. we're gonna freeze
0: (laughs) i know right like like somebody said to me i'm like yeah i'm too la for humidity but like the cold actually kind of i mean look i'm if anybody doesn't know me i I only weigh 112 pounds i think i would be a popsicle out there (laughs) (laughs) all All right. Well, thanks, Christian. So you of guys course. stay tuned. Um, we're going to win this one, and then we'll see you guys again for a following uh, due to scheduling. We'll try to record, um, well, ASAP, but it's but uh, uh, right? But right. Uh, Friday for sure on the 25th. And then, uh, yeah, and regardless of whatever, we've also got um, off-season material. So plenty of reasons to keep listening, you guys. We've got stickers now, and I still have to put it on my own car, um, which I'm taking. Uh-huh. <laughs> the tires done tomorrow so uh yeah after that it'll be it's all sparkly clean so thank you
1: thank you guys you guys are amazing yep see you in the soda